When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Uriah here. Don't know where Chris is, hopefully he's okay. He's probably just recording another student film, if we're guessing right, Uriah. But, um, you know, we're going to talk a lot about basketball for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. I was in Florida for a few days, and actually you had missed a chance. You. Well, I, I missed you guys, but I did oh. listen to your podcast, and and you had one comment. What, what you were talking Me? about? Bake, bacon, something about bacon. Canadian bacon. I think I was saying that after Game Three, they need to take a couple days to relax, eat some Canadian bacon. Yeah, you caught me off guard. <laughs> Canadian <laughs> you, you know, it is a thing. Did you know it's actually a thing? It's like ham slices, but it's called Canadian bacon. I think I've had that before. Is it like uh is it like pork roll? I I it it literally looks like sliced ham. Okay. Like right. the stuff that you would get like a bigger version of what you would get at the deli. You like if what? you're cutting off like off the big piece of ham, like yeah, it would be that. Uh, you know, I think I'm just going to stick to regular bacon. And you know, what? you mean American bacon, America, America, American bacon. All right, yeah. let, let's get to the to the podcast. So, as you know, if you're listening, the Sixers lost at home to the Toronto Raptors. I was actually in the building, so I have a little unique perspective on what went down. The Sixers lost uh, 103 to 88. If I look at some of the box score or team stats, it just was not a, a good shooting night for the Sixers. Collectively, they shot 38% from three-point line. They were 27%, and they just couldn't get anything going. They had 16 turnovers where Toronto only had nine. As far as individual players, I mean, the only person that really showed up, in my opinion, uh was obviously Embiid and Tobias Harris. Uh, Danny Green had a, had a pretty good shooting night, five for 10, four for nine from three. Maxi did not have his best game. James Harden did not have his best game. And the bench was pretty much not helping at all. So what'd you take away from that loss, Lucas? I, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't even think Tobias Harris showed up. You're right. He had 16 points on 16 shots. So, no, he didn't really show up either. It was just Danny Green. Because as much as I, you know, because here's Green the thing. Two air balls, man. I saw it. It doesn't matter. Like, 
he's he's good overall. It doesn't matter. He's good right. overall. Like here's the thing. I look at Joel. If you look at his stats, yeah, they're good for you know an all star level center. But Uriah, Joel's not an all star level center. He is an MVP level center. And if you're gonna try to play through this injury, you you got to give us more because like the efficiency was there. He just had had some bad turnovers, and the aggression wasn't there. Like right. Uriah, where's the aggression? Only 15 shots, only six free throws. Like where where is it, Uriah? I want to know where is it. Well, here, here's what I think. I think Harden, who played 40 minutes, Embiid played 40 minutes, Harris played 44, Maxi 42. I think the the thumb is impacting Embiid clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harden, I think he's still in this mode of I'm going to be the facilitator and I'm going to get everyone involved. But if everyone's not making shots, then he has to step up and turn into Houston Harden for at least just one game. He doesn't have to do it for an entire series, just one game. I'm hoping that the next game he will turn into Houston Harden because Embiid is clearly hampered by a bad thumb. And some of these other guys on the the starters aren't stepping up. So that would be all fine and dandy, Uriah, if James Harden could do that. But oh, you don't think he can do it? No, I don't think uh, he can. Okay. I I don't know if it's mileage or if it's the injury, but you know what this kind of reminds me of, and I know you would remember this. Remember Jermaine O'Neal used to be mm-hmm. the Iron Man of the NBA, played nonstop for you know he had he didn't play a lot for Portland. Then played, you know, those nonstop minutes for Indiana for like, what was that, that eight year stretch? Yeah, he balled out in Indiana. He balled out, got a couple of, like two all star appearances, I think. Um, and then he he got that knee injury, right? And, and it was just a small meniscus tear, but because of all that NBA mileage, he never came back the same, and he became a journeyman for like the Celtics and. I think the heat, if if I remember correctly, maybe Phoenix a little bit, sprinkle in a little bit of Phoenix and Golden State, if I remember correctly. My point of bringing that up, Uriah, is to say that if Harden, I think it's the combination of that hamstring injury never quite healing properly because of all those mileages that Harden put on his body. Right. And maybe maybe he needs a full off season to recover. I I I'm on the pessimistic side that I just don't think he's ever going to be able to get back to consistently being the Harden of Houston anymore. And the thing is, you're right. He's had one game where he shot okay efficiency in this series, and I think that was Game Three, where he kind of saved them for a quarter. Yeah, kind of carry. I think it was the second quarter. Chris pointed that out like nonstop in the last two podcasts. And outside of that, you're right. He's not been able to shoot efficiency. And I and I heard a stat on ESPN when I was w- watching it on YouTube today. He's 0 of 10 from on floaters in this series. Yeah, that's weird. 0 of 10. I'm not used to that. Well, let me, and, just, say, let yeah. me just say real quick. He teased us with – his introduction to the team back in, I guess, right after the All-Star break. I have a theory there, too. It was like five or six games where he looked Mm -hmm. good. He was scoring. Mm -hmm. He was efficient. He was getting teammates involved. And then he just kind of fell off. And clearly this Mm -hmm. series, he's not playing up to what we would hope he would play to. If we have any shot, if we have any shot 
of ending this on Thursday night and moving on to play Miami, he must step up. He must. Mm -hmm. He has to find it in him, whatever he has to do to get to the basket, draw more fouls. Or or how about this, Lucas? Take three-pointers when he has them. Not like dribble, 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 step back three. But no, just catch and shoot. We've seen that in this series where he's caught some passes and been reluctant to shoot an open three-pointer for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So he needs to start. He needs to change that if we're going to have a shot. So two things there. About your your hot start to his, to his debut with the Sixers, you're absolutely right. And do you remember what happened right before that Brooklyn series? That Brooklyn game, he sat against the Miami Heat. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And then right after that is when all the struggles started happening. Mm-hmm. He sat because of hamstring maintenance. Okay. Uriah. I was about to call you Chris. <laughs> um, Uriah. Yeah. That tells me that hamstring ain't right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's ever going to be right. It could just be a nagging injury. But the, and, and you know what? You're right. It would be nice for him to shoot open threes, but there are so there are some players that have such mu- muscle memory that's hard for them to break that muscle memory mid-season about o- taking open threes because they're so used to having somebody in their face, or they're so used to going through a motion before you know taking a three-pointer. That's just how some players work, and Harden's clearly one of those guys. But I I honestly don't think the hamstring hamstrings right. He can say that it's healthy. All the the Sixers can say it's healthy. He can say it's healthy. Nah, I don't believe that for one second. I don't know if he'll other ever be a hundred percent again because mm-hmm. you know there's times where he looks he has the burn, sometimes that he doesn't. It's inconsistent. I don't know, but I just I don't think he can. I don't think he can be hardened from Houston. I, I don't okay. think so. Sure. This is what this is. This is my counter proposal. If they won Game Six, this six, this is what's going to have to happen. Joel Embiid's going to have to do a little bit more than twenty and ten, just a little bit more. Give us like twenty four and you know twelve, something something like that. I don't expect like thirty and fifteen anymore. Not not with the thumb. I don't expect it. Tobias Harris, you got to give us twenty at least. Now this is my key for Game Six. Tyrese Maxey has to go off. He absolutely has to go off. And it starts with James Harden here. James Harden, I think we can all say Maxie's, you know, ascension into stardom is part to thank, in part thanks to James Harden's arrival. Part of it is James Harden's playmaking, which the last game he had seven assists, URI, five turnovers. Not good. But the game that Maxie really went off, I think in game one, I think Harden what, had like 14 assists. Yeah. So my point is, is that when Harden is really willing to be that passer and get Maxi going, and but the other thing is not just the passing; it's the fact that he's drawing attention from you know drawing the double team. He has to be able to get that double the, the Raptors to double team him. Yeah. I don't know how that he does that because he's not really a threat shooting wise or driving wise. But if he can get that double team, then it's going to open up things for Maxi. I can't deny that. Let, let's go ahead and, and look at the bench because the numbers are abysmal. The shooting mm-hmm. is just as abysmal. And if this is where it's headed, then it, we're probably going to be going to a game seven. But I'm looking at the numbers. Niang hit one three. 
played 13 minutes. He's a liability on defense. We know what, what that's all about. Thibel, I tell you, that's my guy, but he has really been stinking up the court. And he's at limited minutes for, for obvious reasons. He's not even going to be in Toronto tomorrow night, which, I don't know, it's, it still irks me. Paul Reed, we all love B-Ball Paul. That's Chris's favorite favorite guy off the bench. He had a, a nice game for you. I think he hit a three. Like He had two threes. Yeah, he, he, he had a couple threes. of threes. One was like in I guess garbage time, but but he had a he's had an okay, not the best series, but I think he's Shake, played pretty solid. I agree. And then Shake, listen, I think Shake can play, but for whatever reason, he is not looking for his shot. I don't know if Doc is telling him to defer to Harden or Embiid, but it's like Shake Milton's out there just touching the ball. And just running around. So, mm-hmm. so what what do you, what do you think about the bench from the last game? Okay, so before we get to the last game, the previous game, game four that they lost, me and Chris were praising the bench's you know play because I we I don't think the bench played. I think the bench played pretty good in game four. Mm-hmm. They were all making their shots. I think they played you know solid defense. Um, now, uh, shake. Here's my thing with Shake. I think you're absolutely right. I think somebody has told him, or in, in his head, he's gotten to the point where. I can't attack the. I have to be a role player. I have to be a spot up three point shooter, which I mean, outside of this game, he's been okay from downtown in this series. He's been solid. I think he's, and I'm gonna have to check the numbers here, but he he's been shooting good. And I think the issue is like you said, the lack of aggression. But the other issue is this is a long Toronto team. He's I mean he's six five, which is right. big, but compared to this Toronto team, he's not fast. I think we can both agree on that. For this series, you're right. He's shooting 50% from downtown. So he's not shooting bad, but he's only shooting it on one attempt a game, which right. is the issue. That that's that's the issue is that he's not he's not aggressive enough for the Sixers, to be honest. Like he, they need more from him. Um, but that being said, I don't think I think this was just a bad game for everybody. I'm not gonna like single out Shake saying that he was like the well, like Niang needs to take more than two attempts. Paul Reed, he didn't have a good night, night shooting, but I mean, defensively, he's going to give you what he gives you. You don't expect much offensively from him. Same thing from Thibel, but he made too many. I think he made too many blunders. You know, just you know, bad timing, bad passes, just not not the best Thibel game. And then he lost confidence. That and that's what I was going to bring up is sitting in the stands. He took his first three. He missed. Then he missed another, and then there was the bad turnover, and then from there it was all downhill. He went to the bench, didn't come back until the second half. In the second half, when he did get in the game, he looked scared to shoot. He was like Ben Simmons reincarnated wearing number 22. And I think it's a combination of not playing for like Mm -hmm. several days because he didn't play like real competitive basketball. You're out of rhythm. Very out of rhythm. And let's just be honest, man. This is this is probably hard for him to accept. He's a really smart guy, but he seems like a nice guy. He's like he doesn't he is he's the type of guy that just wouldn't want to hurt anyone. Like if he stepped yeah. on someone's shoe, like in public, he'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Like yeah. he's that type of guy. So for him to know that he's letting his teammates down is probably a burden for him emotionally. And he just maybe he just feels like a, a like a, this weight on his shoulders. Like man, if we lose this, this could be. Part of, part, partly. Uh, I'll be honest. So it's. I don't think this series is going to hinge on whether Matisse Thibault's playing like you know, 
20, 14 to 20 minutes a game. Like, I don't think it's going to be that big of a swing. No, like this is not the series for him. I think like, offensively, this... I would agree. But defensively, if 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 he was there when uh, Trent was going off, because I think he matches up well with him. Trent doesn't shoot. I don't know what he was like eight for 15 or something. Thibault would affect his shot, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. I mean, but this game, he wasn't that dude. Pascal Siakam was that dude, and he can't guard Pascal. To be fair, Toby did a great job. This was the first game that I would say, first or second, well, I I would say actually second game that Pascal has had his way against Toby. Toby did a great job in the first three games guarding Pascal. I I have no problem with, like, Toby's not going to win that matchup every time. It's okay. It happens. But I, I think the other thing here is Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. playing point guard changes the dynamic because that gives like Gary Trent Jr. is the smallest dude. He's six four, six five, but he's like a thick small dude. Like he's a strong small dude, and the rest of these guys are like six seven to six nine. Yeah. I think Ken Birch was their starter, and he's like six ten maybe on a good day. But like he's in there for four, five, six fouls. That's it. That's yeah. all Ken Birch is there for. Like the guys that you really got to watch out for. And honestly, this is where I think the Sixers have been losing primarily is the bench battle. And it's not so much that the Sixers bench has been terrible because they haven't been great all series. It's, it's the Raptors bench finally stepping up. But you know, you're right. Let's just get into this Toronto because there's a lot to go into this Toronto. You're right. What has worked for Nick nurse in these past two to three games that's shown the decline of the Sixers' effectiveness? Well, the reality is, and this is from Allen Iverson. He was on 97.5 The Fanatic this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I can't take full credit for this observation. AI lived it, and he said, look, this is a series. This is not just some regular season game in February where you know there's nothing really at stake, right? You have mm-hmm. a seven-game series. You have a team that's fighting for their playoff lives one game and they're done so they're hungry they're desperate and on top of that you have nick nurse who's an established outstanding coach and you know that he is going to be uh showing tape or i don't know digital footage right of just leave him sorry benny's in here uh anyway so ai was basically saying that look in this series they have a scouting report and nick nurse Went on that scouting report, created something, and said, "Hey, look, this is what Maxie's doing. This is what we need to do to counter. This is what's this is what Embiid is doing. This is how we counter. His thumb is has jammed up. We we need to you know take advantage of that. Van Vliet is down. We need we need guys to step up. This is how it's going to change the defensive sets. This is how the offense is going to flow without him in the game. So I think Nick Nurse is adjusting. He's doing scouting reports." And whatever he's doing to motivate his guys is working. What do you think? I I think that you're absolutely right. And the main differences that I'm seeing here with the scouting report is that they're double teaming Maxi now. Whenever Maxi penetrates, there's a double team. Mm-hmm. And while we we both love Maxi, he he is on the shorter end, and he's a young guy, and he's never really faced a double team before. Right. This is new territory for him. And I in, in the future, I fully expect him to be able to overcome this, but this is something new for him, especially against a long team like Toronto. 
Like the amount of blocks that Precious Sachua and like Chris Boucher, I think what do they get? They both they have five blocks between the two of them. Like that's that's pretty nuts. They accounted for like all but one of the blocks, and I'm pretty sure most of them were on drives against like either James Harden or Tyrese Maxey. Like these these guys will hunt the they're the shot blockers on the team, and they will hunt the small guards on the Sixers, and. and Maxi has to find a way to adjust, and to be fair, he's he struggled from his outside shot too. But like I said, Toronto's giving him more attention now because that's what you have to do. You 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 take the attention that you were initially giving Harden, and they're giving it to to Maxi now. And Maxi doesn't have a counter, and James Harden is still struggling to get past yeah. one defender sometimes. That's and if exactly. he gets past, and he, if he gets past the one defender, the shot blocker, whether it be Boucher. You know, Chua or even Pascal Siakam, they they come from the weak side, and he he gets his shot blocked more times than not. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in the last game. I remember in the first quarter, I'm sitting there looking down, and without Van Vliet on the, on the floor, who's basically six six feet tall, you have these taller guards, forwards, you know, wings that can switch. And on offense, listen. It was a mouse in the house, and that mouse was Tyrese Maxey, and he was being posted up early and often. And if Van Fleet is out, which I think he is for the next game, he, he's I expect doubtful, that doubtful right now. Ooh, I actually think that favors uh, Toronto. I don't so, know what you think. So interesting, interesting fact. I was listening to Kendrick Perkins on ESPN today. Perkins Perkins said that he had talked to Sam Cassell. And Sam Cassell told him that the worst thing that happened to them is that mm. Fred Van Vliet went out. Yeah, I wish that would have stayed private. <laughs> I wish Perkin didn't say who his source was because, yeah. like, that you can't do that. But yeah, it, but, but it's true though. It's you're absolutely right. It's true. Van Vliet being out means that you can't hide Maxi against those Giants. Like you can, like you. It's harder to hide him because, like, like even. Gary Trent Jr. He's not a he can post you up for a fadeaway. Right. He's right. not bad at it. Well, look, Scotty Barnes and OG and Obi, I get them mixed up because they're both so stocky, athletic, and they can finish mm-hmm. around the room. And they're pretty good shooters from the perimeter. Not the best, but they're they're capable. Well, okay, and Obi's a lot better than Scotty. Yeah, I get yes. I, I get what but you're they, saying. But they'll but they'll launch it. They'll launch they it. They have good upper body strength now. The reason why they can't stop Joel is because they don't got that lower body strength, but compared to Joel. But anyway, that's a that you heard my my comments on that on uh, not this past podcast but the podcast before. Um, my my point is is that it, it's it's going to be hard to hide harder to hide Maxi on defense because as soon as he switches once, it's going to be a mismatch and they're going to go to it. And then on offense. It's he's playing in trees and he's getting double teamed by these trees, something that he's never really had to experience before. Yeah, they're they're they scouted for Maxi, and it's hard. I mean, don't get me wrong, like you said, mouse in the house, he he has to adjust, he'll figure it out. I I have a hundred percent belief that he can do it. I just don't know if it's going to happen during this series. I hope it does, but either that or James Harden or Tobias Harris is going to have to draw attention away from Maxi so Maxi can do his thing. The the only other thing that I can say is that they're not getting out in transition anymore either. Doesn't feel like it. Um, but 
Yeah, you're right. My other question for you is this. If Toronto were to make history and be the first team ever to come back to win a series being down 3-0, what must Nick Nurse do? Nick Nurse has to keep putting his guys in position to basically not only take advantage of Embiid's injury, which I really think impacts more than shooting, but passing and even defensively, he's probably not trying to block it. Yeah. yeah, he's probably just more mindful about what he does with that hand. At the end of the day, though, if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm in the locker room, and I'm telling these guys, look, we're not even supposed to be in this series. We were down 3-0. We have no pressure on us. All the pressure is on the Sixers. They're the team that's going to be uptight, and we need to just play our game that we've been playing technically for the past three games because that game that we won in overtime, <laughs> we know how many turnovers we had. And yeah, Nick we Nurse, it, it, there is very should, very well could have been our our you know Raptors up three two versus us up three two. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's they're they're a good executing team, and I think that if Nick Nurse can get them to focus and play loose, play play with house money, and make his team realize that it's the Sixers that have all the pressure, I think Nick Nurse could could make history. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, of course, unfortunately, uh, I, I think obviously you're right. I, you're you're playing mental games with the Sixers. You just have to stay on the aggressive end because they know what they need to do to beat us. They they did it three out of four times in the regular season. So, I'm not. I I said this series would go seven. Chris said it was six. You said it was five. So you're wrong. Chris Chris could be right. I could be right. I mean, well, no, Chris can't be right because he said. Um, Raptors. And, yeah, he, uh, said Raptors. he said Raptors. Yeah, and I said Raptors. So I'm wrong, but Chris could still be right. But uh, hopefully we're wrong. Um, all of us are wrong, and the Sixers went in like six or seven. But the issues are real. And I'll say this. If Nick Nurse can pull this off, the argument could be made that he's the best coach in the NBA hands down. Hmm. Think about it. This town, th- In terms of overall talent, this team is... N- one of the least overall talented team, but he maximizes his players' skill sets, is one of the best in-series adjustment coach. Maybe not the best in-game adjustment coach, but best in-series adjustment coaches in the NBA. And, I mean, he's already won a championship, Uriah. If he can get to the second round and not get swept by the Heat, like, I, I think it's safe to say that his team, like, he they way overachieved. Like they weren't even in the playoff picture until like mid February, I think. I think I it's safe to say that he's the best coach in the NBA. He's one of the whiniest coaches. I know that. Oh well, <laughs> just him. You know what? You're absolutely right. Oh he's whining, but he knows how to work the system because now we're not getting these calls, and the Sixers are getting more calls against him. Yeah, it's not. It, I don't like it, but it, it worked. Absolutely. I think you're right. We can go ahead and move on. All right. So, so Lucas recently, Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, several players have been asked by journalists after these games, the most recent game about, you know, where the team is headed and what they need to do. 
So let's go ahead and dissect a couple comments made by Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers. So Joel Embiid has come out publicly and said that James Hart needs to be more aggressive. He needs to shoot more. It's a no-brainer, but what do you think? Do you agree with this, or should he just continue to be like facilitator James? So let's give that quote full context, because after he said Harden needs to shoot more he said but that's on the coach and coach needs to talk to mm-hmm. get him to figure that out mm-hmm. so it's a little bit of backhandedness by joel throwing shade at both doc and harden um i will say doc has been asking harden publicly to you know shoot more all season i think we agree on that mm-hmm. i i i don't think that's the answer i i don't agree with Embiid. i i mean here's the thing you want you want harden to shoot efficiently not more i'd rather him shoot seven of 15 than seven of 22 that seven of 22 does not help the offense because i i just you know right now he's not at a place we both agree he's not going to be able to get be the harden of at least i don't think he can be the harden of houston days so you got to get i think you need to get like a if you can get a 22 and 14 game out of harden you're in a good place you're in a very good place, especially if it's an efficient 22 points. Yeah. Well, look at what uh, happens when he's when he's not efficient, right? So we know that he's been struggling from beyond the arc for quite some time, but he mm-hmm. also forces a lot into the lane. And you said earlier that like how poorly he's shooting with these floaters. And there's so many times in the series where he's driven to the basket and he's had his shot blocked or he's fumbled the ball and didn't get a call from the refs. So I actually agree with you 100%. We still need him to facilitate, get players involved, but we don't necessarily need him to shoot 25 shots. I think we mm-hmm. need him to to take those wide-open threes when he has them and not feel uncomfortable and dribble, 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 mm-hmm. step back. I agree with you. Yeah, because I, you know, he's he had one, game three, he was really efficient, and he took over a quarter. I don't think Harden can take over a game anymore, but can he take over a quarter and be efficient? Yeah, we've seen that now. We've seen that. And I think that's what the Sixers need. He is shooting, I think he's shooting about 36% from the field uh, from downtown during the series, which is encouraging, which means the three-point shot is still there for him. It's just not the inside shot. And I I don't know what you need to do to fix that, but if you have to become a spot-up three-point shooter and a facilitator to prolong your NBA career, James Harden, by all means, do it. Um. I admit but this I, though. I admit this when when he does do the the step back three, I I smile ear to ear because it's just I'm still not used to having him on the Sixers, I, and but we know it's not a style point thing right now. It's mm-hmm. a winning thing, so yeah. I mean it's nice that he hits those step backs, but I'd rather see him some more. At in the fourth quarter, I remember he he hit a shot in the corner. Uh, at that point, I think we were down ten, but mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'll say this. We don't want this to end up being Chris Webber trade. I think me and you no. both agree there. No, boo! Don't. But don't but but but, but you know what be. I'm talking about. You I know, know what exactly I'm, what you're talking about. No, exactly. Where a guy about. you get a guy post prime, you think he's going to come in help your star, and then he ends up being a shell of him for his former self. Or yeah, I remember story. It, it it's bad enough that Weber really didn't have ups. He was never really that that much of a leaper. But when he got to the Sixers, it was like this dude. This, he's got like bowling balls in his sneakers. He couldn't jump for nothing. I mean, he's but 
look at James Harden right now. I'm seeing him take, you know, layups after getting a little bit of contact. He's jumping almost as high as I did in high school. Yeah. Which is not high. Oh, you're telling on like, yourself, man. I, hey, you know what? I'm 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 a five foot ten <laughs> Italian dude. I know I don't have ups. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> no, Let, let's I'm sorry. Yeah. You're saying no, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, you know, I think like if he can get fourteen assists and twenty points, I think we're both happy there. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's mm-hmm. move on to Doc Rivers. He <laughs> talk never ceases to amaze. He kind of reminds me of LeBron a little bit. Uh, yeah, so it's like he's so worried about his legacy. Well, you know, you could people you know, say about could, him. Be coaching him next year. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's so worried about journalists ask you know asking him about things he's doing wrong. But then Doc, he brings up all his successes. So basically, I think it was today or yesterday. Where today. Someone asked him about his playoff record, and uh, Doc brought up. Oh well, I had success with Orlando versus Boston, or no, versus Detroit, who won the championship that year. And you guys don't give me credit for that. So let me ask you: How much heat is he feeling now, Lucas? That the Sixers are only up one game in okay. Toronto. So I, I'll say this: I agree with the ESPN pundits. If he loses this series, his his job is gone. We know Daryl Morey's been looking to probably bring in Mike D'Antoni or somebody that fits his system better. See ya. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want D'Antoni personally. No. I don't think that really helps Joel and James Harden is not the guy. Now, uh, flip side of that, I would be interested to see how D'Antoni would treat Maxi in that because that would be fun. Mm. But, but that being said, Joel's our main guy for a reason. And that would not work. That being said... Let's. I think he has a valid case for the Detroit one, because let's think about this. They Detroit was the number one seed. Orlando was an eight seed. We both agree that Orlando team, which I think had baby Dwight on there, rookie Dwight, baby, but maybe like an injured Tracy McGrady and a former Grant Hill, who's not Grant Hill anymore. Um, you know, stumble into the eight spot. You know, I. You know what? I'll give him a pass on that one. That one. Okay, fair enough. The other two, absolutely not. And he said himself the 2021, yeah, no, he said they, they whiffed on that one. That that one was on them. Yeah. But he tried to make an excuse for like the 2015 saying Chris Paul didn't play the first two games. You won the first two games. That doesn't help your argument. Right, right, right. You're saying, if you won the two first two games and Chris Paul came back and you started losing after game three – then that means you shouldn't have brought Chris Paul back. Like it's that I'm not, you know, that's partially on you, partially on the training staff, partially on Chris Paul, but like your best, your, and let's be clear. Chris Paul was the best player on that Clippers team. You could say it was Blake Griffin, but it was clearly Chris Paul. Okay. He's also the, he's also the coach that brought his son. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is just poor judgment. Just Poor judgment as a as a uh-huh. coach, and because just so much wrong could have happened, and it actually did. But but let me give my take real quick. I think he's feeling okay. heat. He's too proud to admit it. He's no fool. He knows that if if he loses this series, that it will be an epic collapse. His name will be attached to this this record forever. And whether or not he goes to L.A. and coaches the Lakers or 
he goes somewhere else, the Sixers are going to pull the trigger and they're going to get rid of him, and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. As far as the, the press conference, look, like you said, the whole thing of the logic of winning those two games and then the Chris Paul thing, Doc Rivers had, last year, he had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the same team. And he yeah. could not get them to the next and, and he owned up to that one. He owned up to that one. Should be fair to him. He he whether kind of he, owned up to that. Whether he that owned one. up to it or not, that's another notch under his belt of showing a lack of, I guess, I don't know the right word, effectiveness as a postseason coach. Nobody cares about your regular season record. And, yeah, you won a championship back with Boston over a decade But ago. to be fair, you should have won three or four with Boston. Yeah. But well, to be, also, to be fair – Two of those years were injuries because mm. KG was did, was injured that following postseason, and then they lost Perkins in the final. And you can bash Perkins all you want as a commentator, but during that finals, he was essential to guarding Pal Gasol. Well, actually, before we do that, Uriah, I did want to ask you one thing: oh. if Doc Rivers blows this three one this three zero series lead. We can't even call him a top 15 coach anymore, can we? Oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Uh... Like, Rivers, don't get me wrong. And he's done a lot of great things in this game and for, you know, like, you know, society as a whole. But Uriah, the, you can't ignore that many collapses, four collapses in the playoffs at that point. Yeah, that that is uh, – well – I was going to use a comparison of Andy Reid, who couldn't get over the hump with Philly, but then he ended up getting one with with Kansas City. I I I, I don't I think I, I agree. I don't think he can be considered in that top tier if he loses a series. What do you think? I I, I don't think so. I I I you know it's almost hard for me to consider. I mean, like wins wise, yeah, he's up there, but like postseason collapse, you know, and and let's be honest. Almost every team, and I, I, I'm not sure about the Orlando team because I wasn't following the NBA that closely at that age because, you know, I was like eight. But, like, chemistry on almost every team that he's been on has soured at one point or another. You think about Boston yeah. between Ray and Ray Allen, KG and Rondo. Then you think about Lob City, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and Austin Rivers. Then you think about, like, you know, PG and Kawhi had to kick him out because he wasn't vibing with them. Like, and now with the Sixers, you saw the Ben Simmons and Joel and B drama. And you know what? Joel's already taking shots at him and James Harden. Like, and I don't, you know, that's out of characteristic for Joel because he doesn't usually take shots at coaches. Right. But that, that was clearly a shot at a coach. Like, I, I don't – maybe he took one shot at Brett Brown, and that was literally right before he got fired. Other than that, I don't remember him taking a shot, which kind of makes me think that maybe Joel knows something we don't know. But <laughs> well, who knows? Well, let, let's let's move on and yeah. do some predictions. Hold on. Yeah. All right, you're right. It's prediction time. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go. So based on what we've seen and the training play of both teams, where do we stand in this series? Does Toronto make history or will the Sixers advance? The Sixers are going to win Thursday night. 
Boom. Mm. I call it. I call, you call it. it. I call it. I actually made a friendly wager with uh, my brother-in-law. Uh, it's funny, like when when the six were up th- or th- up three zero. It's like mm-hmm. certain people are like, oh, they're they're quiet. But as soon as they lose two in a row, it's like the negativity comes out, and it's like, see, I told you, I mean, that's Rivers just... can't coach. I'm like, look, we still have the advantage. The Sixers are the best record Eastern Conference road team out there. So it's not like they stink on the road like they did like three years ago, two years ago. I think I think these starters like Harden and B they've seen enough in their careers to say we need we need to like close this out now. We don't want to go back to Philly and give Toronto a glimpse of hope. I think the Sixers are going to pull it out. It'll be a tight game. I think Embiid's going to step up. I think Harden's going to have like a 22-14 game like you were alluding to. And Maxi I think is going to he's going to find his way. What do you think? I I'm going to say this goes 7 games. Hmm. I don't think they can get it on the road. They barely got game three, and they did not. They lost game four in pretty convincing fashion. Um, I, and then that's just a toss up at that point, Uriah. I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna stick with Chris's initial prediction right now because right now the the Sixers haven't given me anything in the past two games to make me feel confident <laughs> that they're gonna change. And knowing Doc Rivers, let's. Uh, I don't know, Uriah. I'm I'm struggling. You know, I'm gonna be positive. You said positive. they're gonna lose. You said I, it you know what? Weeks you know ago. what? Uh, you know, I did. You know what? I'm gonna try to be positive because we saw what we saw in the first three games. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Joel's gonna pull something out of his bag in Game Seven. I think the Sixers win in seven. He better pull something out of somewhere because without him, mm-hmm. it, they don't have a shot. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and listen. I, if the Sixers win, no. If the Sixers lose Game Six, I, I'm just going to be honest and put it out there. I'm not watching Game Seven. You're I not can, watching Game. I'm not because I cannot subject myself to reliving that Atlanta Game Seven. I can't do it. So I'm just, just you letting think, you know. So you think Matisse is going to pass up an open dunk? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was good. I should have had the drum the drum joke ready, but that was good, man. That was good. Like it was that. a good zinger. I'm good with my zinger. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, let's just let's do this last little portion, your eyes, so we can close this out. Around the NBA playoff series, East and West. You want to do the? I'll cover. I'll touch the Eastern bracket. You touch the Western bracket. You want to sure. do that? Yeah, okay. Do the Eastern. Okay, I'll start with the Eastern. Okay, so Uriah, the Brooklyn Nets got swept. Hmm. How does that make you feel? What makes me feel good is to know that uh, (laughs) the the Ben Simmons saga. We can stop talking about it. But can we really? We can we? I think we we can because there's no longer. Oh, is he going to play game one? He's going to play game three. What's going to happen on the road with Ben Simmons? We don't have to mention that anymore. I think it was poetic that until the day of game four, it was all lead up saying, "Oh, he's going to play game four. He's going to play game four. Oh, I woke up. My back doesn't feel good. I'm not going to (laughs) play. We all knew that was coming though. Like, yeah, but it was poetic. And I think it validated the trade for the Sixers fans. Listen, you, like, 
You said it earlier. You said Boston is looking like a championship team. They're hot. They are playing in unison. Udoka. Is it Udoka? Ime Udoka. Yeah, that dude, he he could. Well, we know that the the Memphis coach is probably going to get coach of the year, but he could get coach of the year. I think it's going to go to Monty. I think think Monty's going to go. Yeah, you know what? He deserves it, though. He didn't get it last year. Did he win it last year? No, No, that's right. Tibbs got it. Tibbs got it. But look, listen, Katie, Katie and Kyrie, they had nothing to prove. They already have their rings. So for them to be swept, it's like they could – I don't want to say they could care less, but you, you saw what he, he retorted back at or retweeted at um, – what's his name? Charles Barkley. He's like uh, something about Tuesday, like coming at the God or something. Katie's, like kind, of, Katie's kind of a diva. I'm sorry. He's a big-time diva. Katie. And Kyrie, okay, so here, here's my take on this, okay? Katie, you're right in terms of they don't have to, they've already, for their legacy, like their overall legacy, they've already proven that they're champions. That's fine. Right. But KD, here's the storyline here. If he doesn't win with Kyrie in Brooklyn next year, he, it's going to be known that he's going to, he's not going to be known as a two time finals MVP. He's gonna be the guy that he's gonna be known as the guy who left Ky- Kyrie, uh, Steph for Kyrie, right? And that's not gonna work. That's just that's that's not gonna that that's not the legacy that he wants. But it's gonna be the legacy he gets. Um, Kyrie is the worst teammate in the NBA. I'm gonna say he's, it. He's horrible. And like he's him horrible. and Ben Simmons, like KD, his best two co-stars are the worst two teammates in the NBA. <laughs> Clearly, Ben Simmons does not even want to give it a try. Here's the thing. You're right. On Saturday, Friday, that news came out that he was going to play game four in like three days, but he couldn't play game three on Saturday. Like literally, that's a day and a half difference. Like what's going on there? And then Kyrie, like he was so selfish and he even realized that he was part of the chemistry problems. He's acknowledged that after the game. Like yeah, his, and that that's what I was gonna say. That I find it ironic that he acknowledged that that him not playing impacted his team the way it did. And it, it it's just funny to me that you're right, he is one of the worst teammates. And I don't know. I, I don't know. He says he wants to come back to Brooklyn next year, but if I were a fan of that franchise, I'd be like shaking my head, like what, why are we? But as long as KD wants him back, he's gonna be back. That that's the that's end of the deal. Guy. Because right now KD has that franchise in a vice grip. Because if 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 they don't bring back Kyrie, Kyrie, KD demands a trade. And while they would get a nice haul for him, the last three years after building that nice little young core was all for nothing, and they had to start over from scratch. Oh, hey, last thing about Brooklyn, then we'll get to the the um, Miami series. So, yeah. listen, I want to thank Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Because for the next, I don't know, I guess for the rest of our basketball fan lives, we mm-hmm. will have memes galore from him sitting on the bench wearing the uh, Hulu, ha- <laughs> Hulu, Hulu has live sports uh, or, or green jumpsuit or like yeah. Sean said, the, yeah, that the was clown so weird. suit, the clown yeah. suit with the orange and the purple. And wearing shades. Who 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 wears shades inside? Uh, I, I mean, yeah. other than Hollywood Boy. Ben. I was about to say people that want to play in Hollywood. Oh, I I, I do want to thank him because it's <clears throat> it, it is hilarious to see like the like they've they've photoshopped that image of him standing up, 
uh, with the clown suit on in so mm-hmm. many different pictures. It's hilarious. So thank you, Ben Simmons. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Th- thanks for the laughs. Anyway, yeah. so you're right. Let's bring up Miami. Miami recently just beat the Hawks in five. Hawks kind of came into this kind of injured, not completely healthy. But the defensive stranglehold that they put on Trey Young, Uriah, was just inconceivable. Scary. Like, like and the Scary. fact is that we had Ben Simmons and we couldn't do that last year. But they had guys – they just have – they have, like, you know, not men in the derogatory way at all, but they got dogs on that team. If they did that to Trey Young, Lucas, imagine Ma- what they're going to do to Maxi. Oh, Maxi, Joel, like an injured, like Joel not injured. I'm not worried. Yeah. But Joel injured. That's, yeah. Like, I don't think we would definitely be underdogs in that series. I, 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 I would pick Miami in about five or six, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I like with an injured Joel, like, if the, Joel wasn't injured, I'd say six was in seven, but Joel injured and James Harden not looking like James Harden. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. And the fact is Miami has time to rest. And by the way, Victor Oladipo, like 23 points in game five after not playing pretty much the whole entire series. Like, let's not forget about that. He's going to get a big pay, payday this offseason. Don't know where to, but he's going to get his money. Because he he's showing flashes that he can be Victor Oladipo again. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I, he I went agree. through a lot. He went through a he, lot to come yeah. back. So there there's the Miami series, and then the Milwaukee and the Bulls series. That's all but over. Uh, Bulls uh, Bucks are up three one. Uh, Bucks are still without Middleton, but they they pretty much have the series in hand. Any thoughts on that one? Nope. Let's move right along. That was not okay. a series to begin with. Yeah. Uh, is are those all the Eastern Conference teams? Yeah. Four all right, series do, in the first round. Let's do the Suns Pelican series, which has turned out to be a really good series. Phoenix leads three two. The next game is uh, at New Orleans, I believe, Thursday night. Uh, so, wh- what do you think of what's been going on there? I think there's a chance. Now, I, I hear that Devin Booker might return for either game six or seven, probably game seven. But if there is a game seven, I think, first off, when this Pelicans team gets healthy and gets Zion back along with CJ and Ingram, ooh, they're going to be scared. Yeah. But it also make, kind of makes me wish that, you know, Maury would have done the, you know, Ben for McCollum and yes. Roko trade. It yeah. really kind of does because McCall. The only question is, how does McCollum and Maxi fit? I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I still think McCollum would have ended up being the point guard because he's just a better playmaker. But Maxi, Maxi still, but defensively, would have caused more problems, especially if you still have Seth Curry coming off the bench, mm-hmm. or you might bring Maxi off the bench. But either way, there's going to be defensive problems there. Yeah. But at the same time, like, ooh, that's that's a fun lineup to look at. Yeah. Speaking fun. of fun, speaking of fun, mm-hmm. let's go to yes. Memphis, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. The Memphis is series. Up, yeah. The fun series. Memphis is up 3-2. He, uh, John Morant, had probably the dunk of the year, maybe For even sure. of the, the decade. He, I forget who he, he had took, on. Beasley. He, 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 he took uh, Beasley's soul with him. Yeah. Yeah, the Timberwolves, they were looking like they were going to, like, really make some noise, but 
Memphis came back, showed them why they're the number two seed. What do you what do you think of the series? I love the series. I you know what I've been rooting for the Timberwolves, but after Game Five, I'm 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 feeling like I I'm still rooting for Timberwolves, but I I I got a feeling that Memphis is going to come out on this one just because. Why would you root? My, why would you root for the Timberwolves? That's weird. Because first off, I'm like a low key Timberwolves fan. <laughs> Secondly, never admit. Second, ever again. <laughs> like ever. I like if I, if I like if I'm rooting for a Western Conference team. That's not ter- anyway. Point being, <laughs> point being, is that I like what the Timberwolves have. They got a good complimentary big next to Carl Anthony Towns and Vanderbilt. Patrick Beverly is exactly the type of guy you know, you know, rough rider that they need. My issue is with the two guards in terms of D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. They can't be your third and fourth best player. And the my other issue, like if you're gonna be trying to go deep in the playoffs, they're not gonna be your guys. Like maybe D'Lo can be your fourth best player, but like he, because I put him on the same tier of Tobias Harris. I think him and Tobias Harris are the same level of player. Yeah, I told that to Chris last time, and I I, I still hold true to that. My other thing is is that I think Ant needs to develop more because he should be the number one player on that team right now. It's Cat. Cat's good, but if you want to go deep in the playoffs, Cat Cat needs to be the number two guy, not the number one guy. It needs to be Ant's team all the way. So I I, I didn't watch too many games of this series, just to Mm -hmm. be honest. Uh, I think Memphis were the favorites for a reason. They're young, they're hungry, and I find it so funny, these veterans that that get traded to quote-unquote bottom-dwelling teams that don't have any mm-hmm. playoff aspirations, and then these teams overachieve. Like, like I think it was Drogic who was like, oh, I, I don't want to be in Toronto. I have, I have higher things in mind, and he ended up getting swept. And then you have Andre Iguodala who was traded to the Grizzlies, and it's like Iggy's like, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. Meanwhile, Memphis is one of the best teams in the league. So I, I find Ja Morant mesmerizing. Desmond Bain is is going to be a great player. And they have a nice ja young core. Ja Morant is the next coming of Derrick Rose. I agree. Explosive mm-hmm. playmaker. He did a behind-the-back uh, dribble in traffic the other night. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, man. Here's the, other, here's the other one. I think Desmond Bain has the potential. I'm not saying that he will be. But he could be as good as, uh, not as good of a shooter, but as good as a co-star shooting, like, shoot sniper like Clay. as Clay Thompson. Yeah, exactly, yeah, Clay. Yeah. They, they kind of have similar, yeah. Well, only that I think he's more athletic than Clay. I would agree. I think he's, yeah, I think he's more athletic. He has a little bit more well-rounded game because he's not quite as good as a shooter, but he's, like, in the same type of role. And, and we've learned that this is he, he's the number two guy. It's not Jaron Jackson Jr. I would it's agree him. with that. I would agree with that. And speaking of Clay Thompson, the Warriors are leading that series over the Nuggets three to one. Kind of expected without Jamal Murray. Jokic gives good numbers every night, but you know the Warriors are are they're such a threat to win the mm-hmm. whole damn thing, and it ticks me off that they could do it. But what do you what are you thinking about that series? Uh, the series is over. Um, I'm just waiting for the Nuggets to realize it. Um, but <laughs> Jordan yeah. Poole should have won Most Improved Player. I he agree. should have. 
I, I, I don't think you can give it the most improved player to the second overall pick in the draft. Are you, Does not are you alluding to what uh, Green said in an interview recently? I No, Joe, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't even hear what he, he said. He was trying to create a distinction. He's like, look, Ja Morant is part of the MVP category. He can't yeah. be in most improved. And I, he, I, I made I a case for football. Yeah, I may I agree with that too. Um, my other thing that I'm going to say here is that Jordan Poole, and along with Jonathan Kaminga too, because I think he's going to he's not played that much this series, but those two have kept the Warriors' window open for at least another five five years. The cum bucket. Excuse me, Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, let's not say that ever again. Let's let's what? never say He's that again. Bucket. He's a okay, walking yeah, bucket. He's a walking bucket. Say that. You can't. You can't use that. Nick. I. I. I no. I gotta edit that. Right. No. 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 You don't have to edit it. But please never use that again. All right. Please man. never use that again. I didn't around. make it up. The, the fans made it up. So okay. Oh, that's kind of catchy. Yeah. But the fans also made up sex lens. So let's not act like the fans are innocent here, okay? All right. Okay. Okay. Last well, series in the West, right? We got to talk yeah, about the Dallas, stuff. Dallas, Utah. Uh, Mavs we, are up 3 2. Yeah. That's going to be, that's probably the most back and forth series. I honestly could not tell you who wins that one right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the one that's most up in the air because we don't know if Dallas can get into the rhythm with Luca coming back into the lineup. Didn't didn't someone get hurt? Didn't uh, uh, the, the the shooting guard for Utah? What's his name? Uh, Bogdanovich? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he yeah, is. Didn't in... he get injured? Yeah. Uh, we don't know his status. At least I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to that part of Twitter because Utah's, you know, a dumpster fire for me anyway. Because Rudy Gobert is overrated. Wait, you don't uh, stay up? You don't stay up till midnight watching the Jazz? No, I, I stay up until about eleven watching the Timberwolves. If that, <laughs> you are um, I, 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 you, you know what? I, I, I like Wolves. Okay, just let me have this. Oh. Anyway, okay. Anyway, then we have the Suns, right? No, we already talked. We're, we're, we're done. Did we talk about we're the sun? Yeah. Okay. I, I, oh, yeah. That's right. We did. Yeah. I felt like we talked more about the Pelicans. That okay. Anyway, yeah, we're good. It's perfect timing. You ready to take this out? I'll take it. Yeah. Out. Go, go ahead. Play us out, man. All right. On behalf of Lucas and myself and Chris, who couldn't make it, this was the Sixer Sense podcast. We want to thank everybody who tuned in. For everyone who subscribes to the podcast, you know where you can find us: Google Play. On the website, thesixersense.com, Spotify, uh, Audible. I mean, you can find us all over, right? So please check us out again. Hopefully next time you hear from us, the Sixers will be getting ready to play Miami. Uh, it's not looking good for some people, but I have faith. So that being said, thanks for listening to the Sixer Sense podcast. We'll catch you next time. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.